Welcome back to the H&H Hour. My name is Heather Tapes and I am one of the co-hosts of this hour. And I'm sitting here with my beautiful sister and co-host, Heidi Bolt. Hi, Heidi. Hi, Heather. I'm excited for this episode. Me too. I've been looking forward to this one for a long time. Yes, it's been on our mind for months. Yeah. I think some episodes, the Holy Spirit kind of impresses on your heart. And it stays there really strong Mm -hmm. and very significant until you record it. Mm -hmm. And that's how this has been. Well, and I think that God's timing is always so impeccable. Yeah. I mean, we can't. We we could sit for hours and hours and hours and try to plan the exact time to drop a show or to have a certain guest, you know, air. Right. And we could not figure it out nearly as well as God does. Yeah. Because there's just been such a significant um, emphasis this week, Mm -hmm. particularly on marriages in our community and in our circle. And not only the battle that is raging against marriages and Mm -hmm. Satan just trying to obliterate them and take them out. Right. But also the, the warfare that's going on, the battle that's going on on the other side of that in the heavenly realm Mm -hmm. where people are fighting for their marriages. Absolutely. And I'm so excited to be able to have our friends share their story tonight because that's really what this is about. So Heather, introduce them. Okay. Welcome to the H&H Hour, Thomas and Katie. Hi guys. We're so glad that you're here. Thomas is grinning. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so anxious. You don't have to be anxious. There's, it's just a microphone and two of your good friends here. Yeah. Um, so for a little backstory, if you're a listener, you guys may have heard Katie's story, um, a while back. She shared a very vulnerable, very open story about Mm -hmm. walking through something really difficult. And we're going to get into that, but we have, we had to tell the other side of the story, which is her husband, Thomas. And so we wrangled him in here (laughs) (laughs) and we are just excited to talk about this. Yeah, it's gonna so be it's going to be a good hour. Before we jump into like all the the deep stuff, you guys are getting ready to move into a new house. Yep. Yeah. Are you so excited? Can't More wait. than ready. Yeah. What? Two days. Yeah. yeah. So exciting. So you're in the painting phase. Just Painting's finished. finished. It it's today. finished as of today. So yeah. Katie, you told me at church on Sunday that you had the dreaded gray paint issue. Yeah. <laughs> Where you painted it gray and it actually was blue. Baby blue. Baby blue. Like- <laughs> Pastel. Yeah. Shout out to Danae Lehman for okay. her awesome interior. So she came and saved because... the day with a true gray. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> She's like, this will work way better. Let's just paint the whole house. And I was like, good idea because we had five gallons of baby blue gray paint. Baby blue. Yeah. Yeah. Gray is hard. Gray is a hard shade. Yeah. When yeah. Holly was painting her house, we had the same issue. Yeah. And she was over the first night I put it on. She was like, oh, this looks great. I should have done this color. And I texted her the next day. I was like, no, it's great that you didn't do it because <laughs> you would have been the same predicament I am. I feel like everyone that's ever painted anything gray in their house has had this issue. They're nodding, yeah. mm-hmm. listening, nodding. Yeah, yes. yeah. And yeah. then you go and you look at all of the samples and you're like, why are there 5,000 of them? Yes. It's like yeah. they have an Instagram filter on them yeah. because that's yes. not what it is when you put it on your wall. Yeah, that's true. They might. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Make well, that's exciting money. season. Get in yeah. a new home. Yeah. Get it ready for you guys and for Colton. It'll be good. Okay. And I also, I know you probably get tired of this, but you guys are really young. Yeah. Right? Can you tell us how old you are? Uh, I just turned 23. And I'll be 24 in a week. 
Okay, so the only reason I think that matters is because I think it's so incredible the maturity that you have yeah. and what you've already walked through in your young years of life, which have led you to this point. Yeah. And I think as people listen, they would listen to you and think that you had walked through mm-hmm. 10, 15, 20 years of life and marriage together. Mm-hmm. And really it's only been three years, three and a half years of yeah, marriage, but six years. years together. Six years so together. Yeah. That's funny you say that because last night we were talking and I was like, we have a 20 year marriage in three years, like with what we (laughs) walked through and just how well we know each other. And, um, I don't know how to explain it. We've done a lot of life. We've done a lot of life in a short amount of time and just how we can look, you could look at a marriage that's only three years in and be like, you you can tell they're only three years in, but I feel like we are know each other way better than so when you're 20 average yeah (laughs) yeah so when you're 20 years in we're gonna look at you and be like you guys have been married like 50 years tell us and our listeners a little bit about thomas we'll start with you tell us a little bit about who you are what your daily life looks like and it can be super brief uh i'm a husband i'm a dad i do landscaping which currently i work more than i do in the summer just because of all the snow and great Illinois weather we have. Yeah. Um, And I also get to lead YFC uh, Campus Life with my wife, which is tons of fun. She gets to do all of the actual work, and I just get to run around and be a kid. Nice. (laughs) And and then just being able to be a part of our church and serve our church and really just be a part of the community of our church. Like, we get to hang out with people from our church and, like, our close friends most nights of the week, it feels like. Yeah, yeah. Or at least once a week we get together, which is fun. And just being able to practice for worship and be a part of the worship team at our church, which is a great team to be a part of. Because you're one of our drummers. Yeah. yeah. And guitar players. And a guitar yeah. player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't played guitar in a while. It's been a while. Yeah. I'm going to talk to Phil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to give him a little bit of accolades because... I was sick last week and Katie made me dinner, which is so so, she's always one of the first people that mm-hmm. hear, like here you're sick and then be like, I'm bringing you dinner. And she never <laughs> asked. She's just like, I'm bringing you dinner. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so Thomas dropped it off and we were chatting and it was, it was really cold and snowy and it started ice. Yeah. Right. And he looked at me and he said, I'm going to be out later and I'm going to come back and I'm going to salt your driveway and make sure that it's not <laughs> like for you. so sweet. Because my husband was gone. Yeah. So like that's. Thomas, that really just stood out to me so much that you, like, you were truly noticing the needs of people and being Jesus to me. So thank you for that. No problem. You both see people so well. Mm -hmm. Just incredible. Again, I cannot believe that you are as young as you are. Mm -hmm. It's just unbelievable. I am so excited for our listeners to get to hear your hearts Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of times, sometimes young people kind of get written off a little bit Mm -hmm. as like, oh, just wait until they get Mm -hmm. some maturity and some life experience. Then we'll take them for real. You guys are the real deal, you know, and it's like, God is not messing around mm-hmm. at what he is calling you to. And it is so exciting to watch it. Yeah. So well done. So Katie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm Katie Zimbersky. I'm all Thomas's wife, uh, mom to Colton. Um, I am the site director for Limestone Youth for Christ. And I think I mentioned that I didn't have a, that title um, when I was on here last. And so uh, it's a fairly new role that I've stepped into in the last six months. And I love every minute of it and um, we're in like a a rebuilding phase in that ministry and there's just cycles in youth ministry where you have a bunch of kids and you don't have then you 
like it tapers off and you don't have as many because a lot of them have been through it. And sure. so we're kind of in that re- rebuilding phase and it's been hard, but it's been really good because we've got to um, take former students and make them into leaders. Mm. And that's been my favorite part right now is just one student in particular that we have. Um, he's just really has a heart for Jesus and um, people coming to know the gospel. And mm. so that's my favorite part is seeing kids who know the gospel and then actually take it and apply it to their life because that's not usually how things go. Mm-hmm. Um, we have kids who accept Jesus and then they come back and they're, they just go back to their normal life. But when a kid takes like the gospel seriously, as we do as adults, it's mm. just my favorite part. When it transforms them. Yeah. When it transforms them. Is this the same kid that I'm thinking of? Yeah. Oh yeah. So this Brody Brody. was on a mission trip with us a couple weeks ago and just my nine year old daughter just fell in love with him. Like she was attached to him constantly. Every photo I saw of the week, she was on his back. I know. I had to (laughs) be toted around Brody, you're allowed to tell her no. (laughs) And I like say this all the time I'm like you're like our pride and joy like it's like you're our child because (laughs) I will never stop bragging about him Mm -hmm. and um just affirming him because we really are so proud of him yeah Mm -hmm. we should have him on as a guest he yeah he has a great story yeah (laughs) yeah okay so we recently implemented a fun new question and I want to hear what you heard it last week okay I forgot about these (laughs) I was thinking about it in the shower I was like crap what's my answer oh no there's a new question (laughs) So what is the most fun thing you've done recently? Either one of you can start. Well, besides Haiti, I would say like get, um, this is our first house that we've got to make our own. And it's right now, it's just a rental. We have the option to buy eventually. Um, But just getting to like paint it and decorate it the way we want and not have ugly apartment carpet Mm -hmm. is, and yeah, it's so much fun. I like the green carpet. Yeah, that's we had green carpet growing up. We did. It for was a long time. like Richwoods High School green. Okay, okay. Yeah. you know what that color yeah, I do is? Know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like Kelly green. Kind yeah. Of. yeah, yeah, but doesn't yeah didn't look good. Not not cool. Like yeah. they bought cheap carpet and put it in all the apartments. They probably just was, like, bought leftover. like whatever remnant they could yeah. find yeah. on clearance somewhere. Yeah, so. that is super fun. Is getting your own space and mm-hmm. being able to make it your mm-hmm. own. I remember mm-hmm. that feeling. Yeah. so so much fun. Yeah. So. The best. And I think um, your church family went and yeah. you filled out a registry, right? Yep. Did oh, you yeah. make a whole bunch of cool stuff? Yeah. We unpacked it today. So yeah. like That was tons of fun. Yeah. When we so moved awesome. in with um, Thomas's parents, I sold everything because mm-hmm. I just didn't want to look at it. I was sad I couldn't use it, and so yeah. I was just going to sell it. Yeah. And so we When were... you probably didn't have the space, did you? No. Just order no. Yeah. So we were like starting from scratch, and it's yeah. been fun because our community of people just love us so well and um, gifted us so many sweet things that I'm excited to use. Yeah. Well, and I think it's really cool because it's fitting as we're going to tell the story of your marriage. And really, this is the rebirth of your marriage. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. been a little while now, but it's it's almost like a celebration of like, you know, when you get married, you get you get gifts. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like it's just God God's favor on you saying, yeah. okay, this is the yeah. rebirth of your marriage, so here, is, here are some fun gifts. Yeah, and on a goofy note, you took the registry more serious this time. When we yeah. first got married, he put, like, Nerf guns on our registry. <laughs> I did get them, too. And he got them. It hey, was tons of fun. You, sh- you know what? <laughs> Snacks on Colton's baby registry. <laughs> 
And did you get those? Yeah, yeah TGI Fridays and like, Tizers. Hey, I feel like you have a good track record. You should <laughs> yeah. just, you know, start putting things on registries. Yeah. Man, if you've ever been, if you've ever had a newborn in the house and they're sleeping and you're starving, you need some snacks. That's, what I, was, that's what I was thinking you know, about. I mean, smart <laughs> man. Yeah. This is good. This is good. Good wisdom. What's the most fun thing you've done, Thomas? I'm going to say Haiti because you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just being able to go and go on a missions trip and hang out with our church, like our church family. Our and just, people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get to be able to be with them and like be able to hang out for a week. Like we did a lot of work, but like mm-hmm. every meal was together. So like there's a lot of community time. So you got to spend at least three hours a day together, yeah. if not more. Like yeah. you would have gotten three hours if you just went to the meals and then went back to your room. Yeah. yeah. So it was fun being able to be a part of that and like do stuff that you don't normally get to do. Like Chris works in an office, so he doesn't always get to go out and run a grinder and like right. put up huge steel trusses. Exactly. Yeah. So it was like, it was cool to see a lot of people out of their element and like yeah. really come together to work hard. That's so cool. And we would have had even more time together if we wouldn't have been all so tired at the end of the day. <laughs> <I know. Yeah. laughs> it's eight o'clock. We're going to bed. <laughs> okay. So we're going to dive into some of the things that aren't quite as easy to talk yeah. about. Um, we went here, so some of our listeners, you know, they've heard your story, Katie, mm-hmm. but you guys got married super young mm-hmm. and there was kind of a reason for that. So Katie, would you kind of recap a little bit in brief, kind of what your guys' relationship looked like, what the start of it was like for our listeners? Start of it. Okay. Um, so we started dating when I was a senior in high school, Thomas was a junior and I like, we processed this together pretty much last night, like just vocalize some things. And just right off the bat, as I mentioned last time, our relationship was in sin because we were choosing to have sex. And because our view of things was um, very out like of the world, like you're in a relationship, this is what you do. And so um, we ended up getting pregnant very early on in that relationship, about three months in and had an abortion and then found out about nine months into the relationship. So six months after the abortion, um, that we were pregnant again with, uh, our now son Colton. And then we we got married a year and a half after Colton was born and then kind of just rode a roller coaster, um, to get to where we are today. And so, okay. So let me ask you this, um, in that time frame from the time that you started dating until the time that you got married and then had Colton, Am I correct in saying that you really didn't verbalize or process much of what you went through in the, together no. in that season? No, no, we didn't. Or even individually, really, right? No. Yeah. just all. Yeah, it was all pretty yeah. Within, like, the last two years that we've been able to um, be vulnerable with each other and process those things alone and together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also, during that time period, didn't have a firm, like, faith foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we didn't talk about, like, messages at church at all. We didn't pray together. We didn't do any kind of devotional. Um, It was very like, I have my faith, you have yours. There was no um, middle, middle ground. There was, God wasn't at the center of it. And so um, very, I would say isolating in Mm -hmm. the faith aspect where um, we just didn't feel comfortable talking to each other about Mm -hmm. it because we didn't have firm, like our own firm Mm -hmm. um, foundations. Okay. So Thomas, during that time period, through getting pregnant, have choosing to have an abortion because you were eighteen years old, right? Seventeen. I was seventeen. You yeah. were seventeen years old. Mm-hmm. Were you a part of that decision-making process to have the abortion? Yeah, okay. I was. 
Okay, and then finding out you're pregnant again and deciding to keep that baby. Mm -hmm. Tell me, Thomas, what you were feeling through all of that. Uh, when we decided to have an abortion, like leading up to that choice, we were just kind of like, what do I, like, what do we do? Like, it was literally like a tornado had come through. We, we didn't really know what the next step was. And then we were like, just back and forth, like what, like, what's the option going to be? What's our future look like? And then it was just kind of like this sneaky little thing that snuck up and we were like, we could just erase this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And we thought that's what we were going to do. But really all it did was like, just put a weight on us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and then like after that, I felt for a long time, I've had like a lot of heaviness about it just because like, especially after we found out we were having Colton and like the first time I saw him got to help, like hold him, like mm -hmm. it just broke my heart that we had made that decision because mm -hmm. I was like, this is the joy of my life now. Mm -hmm. Like looking at him and choosing to make that decision, it was tough. And I remember, Katie, you saying this, and I want to know your answer on this too, Thomas. Did you have anyone in your life at that point that you went to to talk about it, or was it all just internal, and were you on your own? I I have two older cousins that I was really close with. Look, we're still pretty close, but we like I would talk to them a lot um, occasionally, like when it came up just because we didn't get a whole lot of time alone and it's hard to talk at a family function about something like that. Sure. Yeah. Um, so kind of, but I, I bottled up a lot yeah. for a long time. So like now I'm at a point where I'm able to like talk about things or like bring stuff up and talk about it. But for a long time, I would just bottle anything up that hurt me. Yeah. I've got to really commend both of you because I know quite a few people who have had abortions and you are the only ones that talk openly about it. Yeah. The only ones. Um, to the point, like the friends that I know, you don't mention it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It does not get mentioned. And so I think the fact that you guys are so willing to talk about this, this is a super, super tender and very hot topic yeah. right now in our society. Yeah. You know, we've just walked through New York's decision mm -hmm. with late term abortion and the, the horror of that and kind of the, um, just people are a little bit reeling from that. I think mm -hmm. maybe realizing wow, this is a big deal. You yeah. know? Um, what, what were your emotions when you were kind of seeing that come across the news and hearing people's response to it? And what were your thoughts? I went pretty like internal for a week and, um, it was the week leading up to Haiti and just processed it. And then I allowed myself to process it there. Um, we had a good friend who lost his baby there and, um, he was there and his wife was at home and, it's hard when we go through, when we have people in our close circle who go through those things to not feel guilty mm. about what we did. And so I spent a day in Haiti, an afternoon completely alone and just processed like the whole New York thing and where I was at with um, ours and not letting those um, feelings of shame and guilt come back up because yeah. they easily can That's right. when things like this happen. And so um, just remembering like the grace and the forgiveness, um, mm -hmm. that God has given. And just, I took some time to like, even like pray healing over my womb and yes. remember mm -hmm. that, like, I don't have to carry that pain anymore because right. that is, um, a, a foothold that Satan's trying to get yes. on my life. And so, and our future children. And so just, um, 
I went internal and just spent some time with the Lord and was mm-hmm. like, I ke- don't need to vocalize this to anybody else, but I really need to remind myself yeah. that you have forgiven me, that mm-hmm. you uh, show me the same grace that you do anybody else. That's and right. so I took, yeah, I took that time, wow. just me and him. Yeah. What about you, Thomas? Uh, I was like, in inwardly, I was pretty hot about it. Like I, I would just... <laughs> I would love to like be able to talk to people bef- like before they make that decision just to let them know like even from a guy's standpoint like Katie and I were talking just last night about I was like it may be a single person that's physically affected in this but mentally and emotionally it was a lot on me and just being able to help them and I also like a year ago was it I found we found uh, an organization called Save the Storks and they have like a bus that they'll drive around and sit in front of abortion clinics like in front of the doors and they're like do you want to hear your baby's heartbeat and try and help them through that and I like I have a huge vision for just wanting to bring one of those to Peoria and like the surrounding area and just allow them to see that because there's so many testimonies like I was going to do it and then like I went in there and I talked to these people before I did it and I came back out and told told my boyfriend or whoever he was like this is this is going to happen like we're going to have this baby and mm-hmm. they were completely on board with it and just like seeing God move even in relationships that don't have Jesus at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that someone listening is going to potentially change their mind just mm-hmm. because of your guys' mm-hmm. voices right now. Mm-hmm. And I just I do. I think that there are going to be babies saved. Mm-hmm right now yeah because of this show yes and because of your guys's willingness to go you know Mm -hmm. the enemy is not going to let us live under shame we're not going to try to put this in the shadow and pretend like it didn't happen and not deal with it because you guys have walked through that forgiveness now you've walked through that redemption and you're using it for his glory Mm -hmm. and i love that god's word talks about how um the word of your testimony by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony that's where the breakthrough is. Mm-hmm. That's where the healing is. That's where restoration is. And that's where life change comes from. Yeah. You know, I think of your students that you guys are ministering to, what an incredible role model for them to have to look up to you guys to go, we know they're not perfect because they've told us their story. Yeah. 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 And so that ability for them to come to you and be honest with you guys is, I mean, what an incredible gift. Yeah. I am so proud of you guys. Yeah. We have a passion for like, we could stay safe and comfortable and not speak about these things or we can be uncomfortable and share it and change happen and so like having sex in high school or even before you're married like the effects it has on your future relationships and your marriage and that it leads to so many different things so we have like a passion I do at least Passion for talking about sex in the right context. <laughs> Thomas is like, I'll talk about it. Yeah, I'm a passion for that too. In the yeah. right context. And then um, also abortion yeah. as well. And um, I wish I could have recorded you saying this, but just how um, he was talking about it once and just how the people that stand outside aren't the people being Jesus. Yeah. It's the people who you feel comfortable enough to share it with and not be judged or um, like meeting the women at the back door or even before they go in and just praying over them and knowing that even if you do make this decision, God still loves you. God still sees you and there's still forgiveness in this. And And I'm going to stand here and I'm going to hug you and I'm going to show you love instead of condemn you. Exactly. And that's what most people think they're going to get from our like Christians today is um, just hate and being condemned. And that's, 
not at all, not in the community that we have. Yeah. And yeah. so we want to open that up to other people yeah. too and help them feel that, mm-hmm. um, that love. So, yeah. because when you guys started sharing with your church community, with your close friends yeah. about your past, Thomas, for you specifically, cause I think you shared this on your episode, Katie, but what was that like for you? Were you nervous to be open with the guys around you, your friends? Um, yeah, kind of. Like, it just depended. Like, Dalton, I shared with Dalton a l- pretty early on in our friendship just because, like, him and I Before hit it off. even experienced, like, healing from it. Yeah, I, him and I were just talking in a driveway one time in the middle of the night. <laughs> like, we were just hanging out, and I was just, it just kind of poured out. I had, yeah. like, word vomit, and I was like, oh, well, it's all out there now. <laughs> Can't take that back. Uh, and just, like, to talk about Dalton like he didn't skip a beat he was just like yeah like that's tough man but like I'm here for you and like he barely even knew me at the time yeah so it was tough in certain areas just because like I didn't want it to be completely out there but if I felt that I could trust somebody then I would share it yeah and it wasn't like I chose to just come out sure (laughs) Right. right were you at all worried that people would treat you differently no we I was kind of past that point because like when we found out about Colton I was still serving in the church that I grew up in and there was a lot of like well when are you getting married like and they would only ask me when I was getting married and didn't want to say anything about Colton and that like that made me kind of upset Mm -hmm. so I just kind of like gotten used to being pretty callous to it it didn't Mm -hmm. bother me that much Mm -hmm. yeah um but it was definitely like if I don't bring it up then maybe it'll just go away Mm -hmm. yeah okay I want to transition over into your marriage story because mm-hmm. this is one that is just, I smile every time I speak about <laughs> it. Yeah. And I'm so glad that we've been able to have a front row seat to watch this yeah. come about because it's one thing to hear a story and it's another thing to actually get to walk through it and watch mm-hmm. it yeah. in your lives. So, um, Katie, talk to us a little bit about what led you to the point of your marriage being... Um, having that fracture. Okay. Okay. And then Thomas, you, I want you to pick up with where you stepped in at that point and, and went from there. Yeah. So we didn't have a Christ centered relationship from the beginning and obviously, um, it was in sin. And so it was just a combination of different things. Um, we both had been unfaithful to each other and in like an emotional aspect and physical aspect and just, a lot of, um, just a lot of sin and not any Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so that built up and, um, I had just a worldly view on our marriage. And so I'm like, okay, well, um, I'm not happy. So I like the world says divorce is the answer when you're not happy instead of sitting down and trying to figure like, what is the root of this? And so, um, it was, Four years? How many years? I don't know. But about four years probably of just that constant um, of things just building up on top of each other and then not getting figured out. And so I'm, I don't like confrontation. I'm way better at it now than I used to be. <laughs> and so I would just sweep things under the rug or bottle them up. And then I've bottled things up for a long time. And then I just reached my breaking point And I'm like, okay, this is what the world says. This is what I'm going to do. This will solve all my problems. I'll get a fresh start. I can do whatever I want kind of thing. Um, 
And sadly, like, I was just like, oh, well, we'll figure things out with Colton. Like, people figure that that stuff out all the time. Like, this, this will be fine. And so um, I don't, yeah, within, like, a month I made, like, the decision. And you left? Yep. You, you moved out? Um, or you no, I just asked, I asked for a okay. divorce. <laughs> okay. I yeah. asked him to move out. Okay. So Thomas, you moved out mm-hmm. and so you're separated. Yeah. And Katie, you said, I, I want a divorce. Yeah. I was very persistent. Thomas, did you see that coming? Like, did it shock you or were you like, yeah, I saw this coming? No, the wind was definitely taken out of my sail that day. Uh, I didn't see it coming. I had been on like really self-centered run because I was like, I went to alignment school and then I went and took a job in Oklahoma. So all that time I was by myself. Like I was still like a husband and a father, but I didn't have to physically take care of them. And so I was just used to like fending for myself and like doing that. And then when that didn't work out and I came back, I was just like, I need to find a job. I need to do this. I need to do that. And like nothing was really lining up at all. And so I was just constantly like trying to figure out what the next move was and like focusing on that. And I like, I didn't even think to like look at what was around me or what was going on. And if I remember correctly, Katie, you really pulled out from everyone. Like you isolated yourself from, Mm -hmm. you were at our church at that point and you Mm -hmm. stopped coming and like pulled back from everybody. I went to church one Sunday and then didn't come back the next for like three months. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you weren't yeah. responding to text messages nope. or phone calls yeah. or nope. yeah, yeah. Which isn't that so? I, I man, isolation is so from the devil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what happens. Like if yeah. I, I think someone needs to hear that. If you find yourself in that state of just pulling away from everyone mm-hmm. in isolation, you need to take mm-hmm. a really hard look at what's going on in your yeah. life yeah. and that's say, yeah, where do I where do I mm-hmm. separate this isolation and get back in with people, even yeah. if it's scary. Yeah. Yeah, okay. what's the cause of it? Why what's is this the happening? Cause of it? Yeah. Why do I want to be isolated? Yeah. 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 Okay, so Thomas, pick up from there. Uh, so like after that, after Katie asked me for a divorce, it was just kind of like, as a man, I was just like, oh, I can fix this. Like, even though an atomic bomb just went off, I'm, I'll find all the pieces in a minute. Like, just give me a second. <laughs> I can tape this back together and then we'll yeah. get the glue. Like, <clears throat> it's fine. And so I was just trying to do that. And I didn't, like, I didn't understand, like, Cause she was just like, no, I don't want to talk to you. Like, this is it. Like, I can't, like, I can't talk to you. And Mm -hmm. so it was tough for me. Like, I just kind of like self-imploded, like went and hid out. Like I, I moved back in with my parents and like, I didn't want to do anything. I remember like my friend Brooks would come over and like try and drag me out of the basement just to go get food because he didn't know if I'd eaten or not. And like, Mm -hmm. Just different things like that where people would have to come and physically make me leave where I was at if I wasn't at work. And just trying to figure out what I would, like, how I could talk to her or, like, how I could prove that I had, like, realized what happened. Because I feel like I realized in, like, a week. Like, I was, like, trying to figure it out and then, like, the light bulb went off and I was like, okay, I figured it out. Like, I can talk to her now. Like, I'll figure it, like, it's fine. We'll figure it out. And, like, I tried and it didn't work she obviously was not yeah was she no, no. and she was determined we were talking it was recently like in the past month or so like if if she would have listened to me like in that week none of this would have happened like we would not be sitting here right now mm-hmm. and so it was just like constant like praying about it like trying to figure out like where i could where i could like put my foot in with like 
showing her like that I like God had talked like I had felt God talk to me and tell me what was going on and like there were countless nights like I would wake up at like two in the morning and like I would feel like I needed to read this part and so I'd like go and read this part of the Bible and I'm like well that's nuts and like I would just go back to sleep and like I would just constantly try and figure out like what to do or what to say to really make those make those points but it was even like I could feel isolation coming up in me because I didn't want to come to church because I didn't want to face everybody like I, a couple of weeks ago I was there with my wife and now I'm here by myself and everybody's yeah. like, where's Katie? Is she not feeling good? And then I'm like, okay, well that's, that hurts more. So yeah. I'm just going to avoid everybody. Yeah. yeah. But like I pushed through and like you, you guys, did. yeah. And you guys, like you guys and your husbands and multiple other people from our leadership team were just there praying over me on Sundays and like allowing me, like just making the time to talk to me because you guys could see that I was like trying to figure out what I needed mm-hmm. to do. You were broken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I could ever thank Phil Schaefer enough for talking on the phone with me for multiple hours. Mm-hmm. Like I told Katie like a couple months ago, like Phil talked to me like I went and did something for Katie and I was it took me like two and a half hours. Phil and I did not get off the phone. Yeah. I, I carried I carried a dresser and was on the phone with Phil yeah. the whole time and like just him sitting there listening to me it was like it was a lot for me. Like I got a lot from him talk like just making that time to be available mm-hmm. and him probably being in trouble for being on the phone that whole time. Like two and a half hours is a long time to be on a phone with somebody. I doubt it. But I think we all knew we were in, in the battle with you fighting yeah. for your marriage. I remember so clearly you coming in on Sunday mornings with this desperate look on your face yeah. and this attitude of, I have to win my wife back. I will win her back. I will yeah. win. Yeah. Like I'm fighting for yeah. her. And obviously... You both played roles in the fracture of your marriage. Yeah. You yeah. know, not not one more than the other. Right. We're not mm-hmm. putting it on a scale here mm-hmm. at all. But what I saw in you was something that was so much like Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like saying, I'm I'm leaving the 99 and I'm fighting yeah. for the yeah. one. You know, and that's that was a beautiful, beautiful thing to witness. Even though it was messy and it was hard and you didn't want to. You know, and I, I remember some group texts, you know, <laughs> where you would just be begging yeah. for yeah. prayer and yeah. begging for um, yeah. for us to intercede for you were going to call her or you were going to do this. And yeah. um, okay, so what happened? Uh, about three months in, I got a text, like, it wasn't in the middle of the night, but it was like nine o'clock or something. It was midnight. Oh, was it midnight? Yeah. Oh, I was still up. <laughs> uh, and Katie texted me and said, Hey, like, can we talk? And I was like, yeah, that's fine. Like we can, we can talk. And was this the first time that you had talked seriously? Yeah. Like outside of Colton. Yeah. Like yeah. things concerning him. Yes. Yeah. yeah that was like what we had boiled it down to is like we can survive if we both talk like if we only talk about that Mm -hmm. and so it was pretty much all like 30 second conversations maybe three texts a week like what was like had he eaten yeah like like did you pack pajamas yeah Yeah. uh just different stuff like that uh but like we went and like I talked to her and I still don't really like that first time after we talked I didn't really feel like so what's, I was just kind of like, what's going on? You didn't feel the yeah. breakthrough at that point? No, not really. Like, just because I was really apprehensive going in there. Cause I was like, well, I'm not going to completely, like, I want to completely jump in, but I've got to protect myself a little mm-hmm. bit, yeah. uh, if I'm going to jump. And so I, 
I would say I jumped, but I definitely had a parachute. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to crash land here. But mm-hmm. So what did that conversation look like, Katie? Because were you at that point like, mm-hmm. hey, okay, I, my eyes have been opened a little bit. I want to maybe try this? Or what was that like? Yeah, so the night I texted him actually was like I just started uncontrollably sobbing for no reason. And I couldn't figure it out. I, well, now I know the reason. But, like, God just truly broke my heart for everything that was going on, like, inside of me and in our marriage. And I didn't have words for it then, and I still really don't now, Um, but it was just my heart truly breaking over everything. And so after I stopped crying, I texted him, (laughs) and I was, I felt ready to talk, and I didn't know what, like, what about, and... Um, the first time we talked, we didn't really talk too much in detail about our marriage or what was going on. Um, it was just a short drive and then he stayed for dinner and then left and went home. And then, um, we decided that we were going to go see the lawyer together and then go Christmas shopping for Colton. And I think that's really when I started to notice like, oh, maybe this isn't something I want to do. Um, I'm not 100% on this anymore. And mm-hmm. for those three months, I was like dead set. This is my decision. Yeah. Um, I isolated people be- that I knew were going to try and change my mind. Mm-hmm. And so um, I slowly started letting him back in and just trying to understand what was going on. Yeah. So I like I was pretty distant from God um, during that time. And that three months felt like forever. Um, in my walk with him, I'm like, if I would have, if I would completely push him away for three months now, I'm like, I would be a wreck. Yeah. And I was then, but, um, Mm -hmm. so just, yeah, I didn't understand what was going on. Yeah. On the spiritual side of things, Mm -hmm. earthly Mm -hmm. side of things I could understand, but spiritual things, I was very ignorant and naive. So then at what point, cause I remember Thomas, you would come on Sundays and you would pull some of us couples together and you would look at us and you will say, Tell me what to do. I will do anything. Yeah. Tell me what to do. I will read books. I will yeah. anything. Tell me what to do. And you would do what we would tell you to do, yeah. which is actually quite uncommon. So often people will come and they'll want counsel or they want input on how to take steps towards godliness or mm-hmm. towards restoration. And then they don't want to implement, like they don't want to do the hard work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the fact that Kip, I remember kept saying to me, he goes, the thing that is so interesting about Thomas is he's actually doing what we're telling him to do. Yeah. And I said, right? Isn't that so refreshing? <laughs> but everybody would be like, <laughs> I just, I think that God so honored your humility, especially around the men around you. Like you were just so willing. You were so teachable. And then you did the hard work. Yeah. You got in there and you did the hard work. Yeah. I don't think there was anything I wouldn't have tried. Yeah. Like you guys could have told me to learn another language and I would have, I would have given it a shot. <laughs> I believe you. Yeah. You are uh, so yeah. intent on it. Yeah. I'm like, I will win this girl back. Yeah. And like, that's why it was so, I think the hardest part was when I, like it started, like I started winning her back. Cause like when it first started happening, like that conversation, I was like, I don't really know what's happening. You're like, am I winning? Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then and you like, would text us all. Yeah. What does this mean? We're like, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was rough. Uh, and then like we went, the day we went to the lawyer, I was like, well, this is kind of a downer. And like, <laughs> like, like we were sitting in the lawyer's office and I'm like looking at these papers and I was like, this sucks. And, yeah. and I was just back at the point, like, am I winning? And yeah. 
then we went Christmas shopping. Well, like, even after that, because there was a little bit of time, because I think you had something to do for a little bit before mm-hmm. we could go. And, like, we were just, like, we got back, and we were in my truck talking, and she was doing something, and I, like, reached over, and, and like, I was, like, she was picking at her nails. I was, like, stop picking your nails. And, like, like grabbed her hand, and I was, like, okay, I'm winning. Like, that's yeah. fine. And then, like, just trying to figure out how to sneakily, like, talk to her more, like, yeah. flirt with my wife. Yes. <laughs> and, like, just spend that time with her. I was going to say, did she let you flirt with her, or was she, was it like you were trying to woo her all over again? It was a lot like I was trying to woo her all over again. And then she like, I think she finally caught on that I was like really trying to flirt with her. Cause like I was, I was like, yeah, this is it. Like I won. <laughs> and, uh, and like it got better. Uh, except for one night we were wrapping Colton's Christmas presents and I was trying to, I was like, oh, I'll bust out like the good Christmas music, like the romantic <laughs> stuff. And she was like, she's like, yeah. And then she just like changed the song on me and I'm like, <laughs> Like not winning totally. Yeah, yeah. Not winning completely yet. <laughs> I don't even remember that. I do, because I was like, man, like that was my good stuff. That was too. his move. Yeah. It was a secret move, Katie. Oh yeah. my goodness. Okay, but, so how long did it take before you decided, okay, we're gonna give this a go. We're gonna move back in together. Um I was ready see. like right away. I was like, all right, that's fine. Like yeah. that's the only way it's really gonna get fixed is if like we jump back and like do this because like I know what I need to do now mm-hmm. and like I had learned so much over that time for you had refocused you yeah. on her mm-hmm. had yeah you, you started to focus on her again yeah. Yeah. yeah and I had like really adjusted my focus because before I was like oh well like I'll just be the husband and the father and like that that's all of it like I had refocused like I had readjusted my focus to her to understand like I love her and then Colton will get my love from the overflow of loving her mm-hmm. and like really just putting that into practice and like trying to use that every day. And it was, I think that was a big part of it. You, you decided to take seriously the role of being a husband, right? Yeah. 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 And you mentioned spiritual leader too. You mentioned that had you, you know, not walked through that hard season where you were having to fight for her, that you wouldn't be where you are today. Do you Mm -hmm. believe that Thomas is because of what God did in you in that season? Yeah, because I mean, if if they would have, if I would have gotten those answers that week, then like anything you guys had told me to do, like that first weekend, I would just been like, man, that's fine. I mean, she yeah. listened. It, I already won. It's okay. Yeah, yeah I already yeah. won. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, and because I mean, you really like you got on your face before God. Yeah. And you you were like, God, no, we're doing this, you know. Yeah. And you got back with Jesus, you know, and you you pursued Him, and I think I think, Katie, you've told me that you watching Him pursue God the way he did was very attractive to you. Yeah. You were very drawn in by that. Yeah. Once I like let him back in slowly, I noticed the changes um, that like just the refinement that God had done in his heart. And so that drew me in. Then. Yeah. And I think that was, I know that's what God's plan was that um, he had to refine us both separately Mm -hmm. because of just the places that we just the selfishness of Mm -hmm. um the people that we were then and so the refinement i saw on thomas started the refinement in me which is how i think i got to see him as a leader for the first time Mm -hmm. really spiritually and as just the head of our family Mm -hmm. and 
I became submissive very quickly and I learned what it was like to be a submissive wife and not be a controlling wife Mm. Um, within a matter of weeks instead of that takes most couples a long time Mm -hmm. to learn because um, you, especially if you're independent before getting married, Mm -hmm. like you don't want to have to be submissive to someone else. And so I really wasn't that, but I thought I needed that. I thought Mm -hmm. I needed to like, figure out who I was mm. on my own mm-hmm. yeah. kind of thing, which is just yeah. so dumb. So t- <laughs> tell us about, cause you guys made a commitment to do something together every morning for mm-hmm. a period of time. Can you tell us what that was about? So I think it started as the fireproof like devotional. Yeah. So it was like 40 days. We were trying to figure out when, like what time it would work for us to do that. And I was like, well, evening's tough. Cause we we're trying to get Colton on a schedule and then and Katie worked in Metamora at the time, so she would have to leave the house at, like, 6.30 to get to work. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know what, fine, 5 a.m., like, we'll just suck it up. Like, I can get up way earlier to go hunting so we can get up at 5 a.m. Yeah. regularly. Wow. Yeah. And so we would get up every morning at 5 a.m. with coffee, of course. Of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank uh, you, Jesus. Yeah, some some people from the church in Haiti got realized that I'm not a morning person and I'm kind of a zombie for like the first 45 minutes, and I just chug coffee to try and help speed the process up. <laughs> that was um, a hard marriage lesson for me to learn because I'm ready to go at the beginning of the day, mm-hmm. and yeah. he needs he needs his time. Yeah, yeah. I'm like nope, let's go, come on. Yeah, <laughs> so we would get up and do a devotional every day for about like we had an hour because we knew that like we could get we could get up, get ready, and get cold and ready in like 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, like, we would have a whole hour of, like, just doing the devotional and then doing our own personal devotionals afterwards Mm -hmm. and, like, being able to pray over our day together and just be able to hang out and spend that time. Like, it gave us that extra, because if we were done in half an hour, we had 30 minutes to hang out. Mm -hmm. So we'd get 30 minutes in the morning just to hang out and, like, figure out what we were going to do that day. Yeah. So you made a conscious decision Mm -hmm. to get up early every morning to work on your marriage, yeah. to cultivate a relationship mm-hmm. that was going to be God honoring. Yeah. yeah. For I think we did it probably for about four months. And then I don't really know. When I took my internship with YFC and like we were like, yeah, we can't afford changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I we can't afford to live here. Like it got harder because yeah, right. the thing with us is like five AM was great for us because we like we had regular jobs and we yeah. worked like eight yeah. to five and then yeah. you'd go to bed at nine and right. It's like you're a super old person. Right. And, <laughs> right. uh, but the thing with high schoolers is like they're asleep in the morning and yeah. they're ready to go until late. Like, That's yeah. right. We've, yeah. we've been up, I was, I think, two nights this week. We ate dinner at like 9 o'clock and I was like, this is too late. Yeah. I was like, like I'm too old for this. Yeah. I'm like, only this 23. Is not who I am. And like the, like the kids are just getting ready to go. Right. We had a couple students come with us to go to dinner and like it was just like they're like, oh, what are we going to do when we get home? And I was like. I'm going to go and go to bed. Like, uh, yeah, you're yeah. shower, I'm going to sleep. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm adulting. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh my goodness. so, but that's so cool that that season was exactly what you needed, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, for for your marriage. Yeah. Yeah. So, t- tell us about what it's been like. How, first of all, how long ago was that, that you came back together? Two years ago at the beginning of the year. Okay. Yeah. So, wow. Okay, so what have the, Seems like a while what have the last two years been like? Um, we were kind of like prepping ourselves for this podcast. You were prepping us. I had no idea. I thought you were just talking to me. Well, they were, things were coming to mind. I decided to go out and work with him last night at like 11 o'clock. So late night conversations. Um, but the past two years has 
been a lot of refinement and vulnerability. Um, we've walked through wilderness series with um, not being able to get pregnant, not having our own home, not having the jobs that we wanted. Just a lot of, okay, God, like we know you're still here, but we're not like understanding where you're taking us next. Yeah. And so we have ex- experienced so much um, refinement and growth and we really needed that. Mm. Um, I'm excited to see like living out on our own again, because most of that has taken place um, living at his parents' house. And Mm. so just that we have been able to be like open and vulnerable in our marriage in front of other people. And um, I mean, we've had to like diffuse what could have been like big arguments pretty quickly and like mm-hmm. figure it out because you don't want to have an argument in front of 10 people. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, so we were like, okay, we have to figure this out. Mm-hmm. And a lot of spiritual growth um, and really stepping into the people that God has called us to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't think we would have figured that out without what we walked through. Do you so. ever look at each other and just think, I'm so glad we chose this. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. so glad we fought for every this. Day. <laughs> every day. Every single day. Yeah. 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 What are you doing every day to fight for your marriage? Because we all know that once the devil has come in in an area mm-hmm. and then you've kicked him out, he's going to come, going to yeah. try to come back in that same area. Mm-hmm. And the Bible tells us that he comes back with seven more demons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So in a, in a more massive way. So what are you doing to protect and fight for your marriage? I think for me, I just like, I wake up every day and like, I can look at Katie and like, I choose, like, I choose this. I choose her. Like, even when it's, even when it's tough, like, even when it's days where I'm just going to have like a really short, yeah, where (laughs) I just have like a really short fuse towards everybody. And it's just like, no, like, this is what I want. Like, I I want to be annoyed with her. Like, I don't want (laughs) to be annoyed with anybody else. And I think it's just choosing the you want to be like you want that person to annoy you for the rest of your life and she doesn't annoy me like seldom am i annoyed and it's normally my own problem that i'm annoyed about i'm normally just cranky or something or i'm hangry probably uh but it's just choosing that person Mm -hmm. i think like any other spiritual practice like reading your bible praying like it's a discipline Mm -hmm. yeah um because marriage is biblical and yeah. it's a gift from God. And so we have to be disciplined and really reflect inward. Like if there's something going on, I'm like, okay, where am I wrong in this situation? Mm. Because more than likely I and there's something that I'm doing that is wrong too. Mm. And so... Um, and not just putting the blame on him yeah, and everything. Re- uh, I think it's a lot of like self-awareness yeah. because... We're both going to be at fault in situations, um, but realizing that sometimes I'm, most of the time, I'm, and he could probably say this for himself too, but I'm the one like that's at fault. And mm. it's my, it's how I, I'm choosing, like my heart posture towards the situation, like mm-hmm. how I'm choosing to react is mm-hmm. what's going to, whether or not this is going to spiral into an issue. And so then also just, I think every married couple needs to realize like, this is the person God created you to spend your life with, like to be your helper in this life. Mm -hmm. And if you don't view your spouse through that lens, then you aren't going to appreciate them as a gift from the Lord. And so if you just view them as like this person that you stumbled upon or like fate Mm -hmm. set you together, like, no, this person from the beginning of time, God knew 
was for you. Mm -hmm. Like he created this person for you. And I'm in awe of that every single day that like he created Thomas for me Mm -hmm. and not for anyone else in the entire world. And I wanted to give that up. Like Mm -hmm. this person from the beginning of time that was meant for me, like designed for me. So if we could just bottle that up (laughs) and sell it, we would be so (laughs) rich. (laughs) Okay. So I know this because I have a pretty close view of your Mm -hmm. life. You have a lot of accountability in your life from friends and from leaders in your life and people you're really close with people that see your marriage, um, every day, every Mm -hmm. week. Um, so there's a lot of safety in that in, in the sense of like, there's a lot of people in your life now that if it was to start to go, Mm -hmm. there'd be people to be like, no, 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 no. People would be calling you back, calling you out. How important (laughs) do you think that that is for your marriage, but any marriage? The community aspect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The community. I think you need to be vulnerable with your community at like where you're at in your marriage and not take it personally when they call you out on things Mm -hmm. like some of our best friends can be like oh you answered him kind of like snottily Mm -hmm. and you should probably apologize for that I'm like but I don't want to apologize (laughs) and they're like but we think you should and I'm like yeah you're right like I was being a jerk wow and so allow like take criticism criticism that's like constructive from those people and allow your marriage to be vulnerable around them Mm -hmm. um and because none of us are perfect and we all have our issues and I'm not gonna bash my husband in front of someone else but if we're struggling with something then I need to go to a friend and be like hey like can you pray for us over this because this is where we're at and if we don't get through this we could end up back where we were kind of thing and sometimes just hearing it from someone else's perspective helps you change yours yeah Yeah. exactly yeah i am being kind of selfish (laughs) (laughs) well god's word talks about that it says that there's safety in a multitude of counsel Mm -hmm. and i i think of your guys's marriage it's like you've chosen to surround yourself with a group of people that you're willing to let call you out yeah and again that's something that not many people are willing to do Mm -hmm. and so i think a lot of people are losing the fight for marriage for Mm -hmm. their marriage because their pride is in the way Mm -hmm. because they're not willing to like you just said katie a lot of times it's me. It's my heart posture. You know, they want everything to be his fault or her fault and not take any mm-hmm. responsibility for it. Yeah. Or you also mentioned the the control, you know, the wives wanting to control. And I just think Heather, whoever said it at the beginning is right. You guys are not 23 and 24. <laughs> They're, you all are the oldest souls I have ever met. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just so proud of you. Mm-hmm. I want to know, what would you say... If there was a couple sitting here right now who was in your position two and a half years ago, they were getting ready to throw in the towel where you guys were, what would you say to them knowing what you know now? I'll let you start. I think for me, like just the work that you guys put in for me, like, like do this, do that. Like you should look into this. You should look into that. Like being able to ask that, like, look at that man and say like, what have you like what have you done to fight for your marriage because you're not going to get it back if you just sit on the sidelines yeah you're not like you're not going to get it back if you just say i'm sorry like Mm -hmm. sometimes i'm sorry does not cut it yeah (laughs) and like you need to put in the work you need to prove that you want this that you're going to fight for this woman every day yeah that's good that is so wise i mean i can literally think of in our own marriage where i'm sorry didn't cut it Yeah. yeah you know where you're like yeah you're saying that but you it's 
you're not showing it, yeah. you know, and yeah. that, that's such good wisdom. Mm-hmm. Tell your face that you're sorry. <laughs> we took, yeah. like, there's the five love languages test, but yeah. then there's also an apology language test, and that's mm. been really helpful for us because I don't want him to say I'm sorry. I want him to tell me, like, what he thinks he did wrong okay. kind of thing. Interesting. And so that's one of, like, the apology love yeah. languages, and then... You want like the situation fixed or something like that. I can't remember. He's a man. It takes like an hour to take this test, but it is so worth it because. It took you an hour. I was done in 15 minutes. (laughs) You cheat on this test, so you even said so. He's like, oh, I'm just going to pick the answer that sounds the best. I'm like, that's not the point. Um, But we've also put a lot of safe parameters around our marriage. And so. Like um, what? Give us an example. Like not texting. The opposite sex, unless the other one is aware mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. like um, in the message with us as well. Mm-hmm. And so we've even had to like walk through that recently with um, our students like aging out of the mm. uh, aging out of YFC and being like, OK, well, I have to like let him know that I'm you're texting. not two decades older than them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm on, like we're only six, five or six years. And so, yeah. yeah. Um, just being aware of like who we're communicating with communicating about it. Yeah. Yeah. We're communicating about who we're communicating with. Just very like open and honest Mm -hmm. with each other. Um, we chose like not to take our phones into the bedroom with us at night anymore because that gives us an opportunity to focus on each other. Yeah. And so we leave them out of the room so that they're not a distraction because it's so easy to sit and scroll on your phone. So good. And if you don't have them physically, that was his idea. when we. Yeah. That was actually from a friend of mine that like, He's like, yeah, I just don't need it. He's like, I'll stay on it if I have it. He's like, I don't care for it. So he would like, he put his in a drawer at night for a long mm-hmm. time. Like yeah. he would just shove it in a drawer while I was charging. Yeah. yeah. And like when we decided to, I was like, well, people before cell phones would either wake up to their house phone or if they didn't have a house phone, they would find out that something happened the next day when mm-hmm. they were awake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Like, so if it's that important, somebody will figure out a way to get a hold yeah, of us. That's, right. that's really good, guys. Yeah. And then also like who we're going to be with. And this has just changed with my job recently, but before like we wouldn't meet like the opposite sex mm-hmm. for coffee mm-hmm. because then you could have someone that barely knows us mm-hmm. walk by and see that and question it. Not understand. And so yeah. some yeah. things have changed now because of my job and he's aware of like what's going on and like a friend knows as well. Right. And so really at the end of the day, it's whoever walks by that barely knows us. Like it's whatever they're going to think is whatever they're right. going to think. Like right. we know what's true in right. our hearts. That's but right. yeah. yeah. But it sounds to me like you just, you're really focusing on communication. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all about communication. It's not necessarily about these strict, rigid rules Mm -hmm. that are legalistic. It's about communicating about what's actually happening on your phones with other people Mm -hmm. and, you know, in your bedroom. Accountability. Yeah. Yeah. So wise. Things fail so quickly. Mm -hmm. If you can't communicate with each other, then that's where the downward spiral starts. We always, we say that in our marriage as if, if this, if your spouse can't see it on your phone, probably shouldn't be on your phone. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, you guys, I'm so proud of you for being yeah. willing to share. Yes. I think that this is, I mean, if I believe that the presence of the Holy Spirit that is in this room right now, mm-hmm. as you share your story, can go out across yes. the interwebs. The airwaves. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we could talk about it forever, too, so we yeah. should probably cut that off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we are on a time. We're at one hour right We now. might have to bring you so, back again, though. Um, we'll do, like, a yearly episode, like, catch up. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be so good. But I just, I'm so proud of you, and I'm so thankful that you're willing to be vulnerable and share mm-hmm. your story, because yeah. that's really what I believe will change marriages. Yeah, absolutely. Is when people hear, okay, 
there's not just these perfect marriages that mm-hmm. and like, no, there are people who fight for their marriage. There are men who are willing to go, I'll do whatever I have to do. Yeah. There are yeah. women who are willing to be broken by the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. which is what happened with you. Yeah. I mean, truly the Holy Spirit just came and wrecked you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you were able to receive Thomas's love again. And that's yeah. such a beautiful, beautiful picture of the gospel. And I love that your vulnerability in sharing this, you know, on a podcast is planting seeds in other people's hearts and minds Mm -hmm. so that if they're walking through a hard time in their marriage or they start to, they're going to hear that truth that you spoke and go, Mm -hmm. okay, if they can do it, if they can walk through what they walked through and come out on the other end, maybe I can too. And just believing that marriages are going to be saved Mm -hmm. because of your story. Thank you. Good job, guys. We love you. We're so proud of you. Yeah, we love you guys too. So Heidi, I have sort of a commission for anyone listening. There's nothing more powerful than someone's personal testimony to encourage someone else who might be walking through something similar. So Mm -hmm. they shared two really deep issues and personal issues that they Mm -hmm. walked through. So if you're listening to this right now and you have a friend that you know is going through either one of these particular issues send them this podcast, you know, Mm -hmm. shoot a screenshot to them and say, Hey, I think this could really encourage you. You've got to listen to this awesome couple. Like they fought for their marriage and they're on the other side of it, you know, and they're walking in victory in it because that will really, I think, um, propel the work that God can do in someone's life. When you hear someone else that's gone before you. Absolutely. It it could give them the courage to take hard steps. Yeah. Yeah. And I know for a fact Thomas and Katie love people so, so thoroughly. (laughs) You guys see people, they, if you guys need someone, a couple that, that can give you some advice on either one of these topics, I know that they're open to that. Mm -hmm. Um, we will tag them Mm -hmm. on this post and so reach out to them and, you know, be, be willing to be honest with them if you're walking through a hard time. And I know for a fact that they would give you really good godly advice. Yeah. And we'll also tag Katie's original, show yeah. that she was on where she tells her whole story because yeah. um, that's an amazing yes. show that I think everyone yeah. needs to listen to. So good. So thank you so much for listening. As always, you can reach us at the H&H Hour on Instagram or you yeah. can email us at the H&H Hour at gmail.com and we love hearing from you. Mm-hmm. We love hearing what God's doing in your life, yeah. how we can pray for you and just the victories that yes. you're walking in um, because this life is we need to celebrate That's more, right. you know, yeah. so shoot us some victories that you're walking in and we'll just cheer with you. And yeah. thank you so much for listening. And we will chat with you next time.